We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right. You are listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios in Kirkwood, Missouri. Smash, uh, it's been a good show so far. We uh, did a little talk of golf. We did a little uh, fake movie pitch with... uh, Oh, it was fake? Well, I mean, you know, I don't think it has any... I'd have been harsher on the young man. I don't think it has any chance. The cinema maybe with the sensei, always entertaining. Uh, Before we get into our tax topic for today, I do want to uh, acknowledge uh, and welcome our newest sponsor, uh, Ravensburg Incorporated. Ravensburg Incorporated is a local uh, general contractor here in the St. Louis area that provides services to business owners, um, real estate owners throughout really the Midwest and the South. And they, they do serve as a general contractor. They can provide architecture services. Uh, they really specialize in uh, interior commercial build out. So if you've got a, a, a laboratory or a, a, a school uh, or any kind of business and you need an interior built out, they specialize in that. In particular, uh, movable wall systems. So, you know, you've seen it oh, hotels yes. or, or at, uh, at schools where you have those giant uh partitions that yeah. they can build they fold uh, in and out to, to maximize space yeah. to to you know be able to break down a room into two pieces yeah, and, right. and, and and break out so um ravensburg incorporated you can find more find out more about them at ravensburg.com great people uh they can help you design and build whatever you need they also do uh gym equipment and other products so if you've got a need to redo a gymnasium mm-hmm. maybe you've got a home gym uh that you're looking to to, to build into a a state-of-the-art uh, basketball facility, they can handle that for you. But uh, you can find out more at ravensburg.com. That's Berg with an E. Uh, we want to thank them for being a sponsor. So today, mm-hmm. I want to talk about payroll taxes. And the reason I think this is important is, you know, we have businesses right now that are out there struggling. They're struggling to pay bills, yep. struggling to pay their employees, struggling to pay vendors. And uh, there is there's an issue that can come can come along. Uh, what's called the trust fund recovery penalty, and the trust fund recovery penalty is uh, something that Congress authorized. And basically, what it says is the IRS can impose personal liability on people at a company who make the decision not to pay payroll taxes and to pay other people instead. And so you might be asking, really, you might be asking, what are payroll taxes? So payroll taxes are the amount, the amounts withheld from employees pay. So yeah. when you think of yourself as a W-2 employee and you look at your W-2 or your pay statement, it's going to show, you know, federal wages withheld right. or federal taxes withheld. Uh, and then you're going to have the FICA portion, which is your social security mm-hmm. and your Medicare. So those are amounts that, you know, every employee just comes to accept as being withheld from their pay. Right. They assume before I got into, you know, working for the department of justice and you know, the IRS, I always assume those amounts just went into some sort of magic tube or vacuum yeah. and went to the IRS, right? right? You don't think anything of it. You don't think that, oh, my employer might withhold that money from my pay and then not turn it over. No, nah, I never thought that. But it actually happens at an alarming <laughs> really? rate, especially in economic, wow. you know, in, when there are economic trying times. And so, and the reason yeah. it can happen is because depending on the size of your business and the size of your payroll, you may only have to turn that money over to the IRS on a quarterly basis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you've withheld that money, at least on paper, right? Right. But the money's still in your account until you actually have to pay it over to the IRS. So if right. you're a struggling business, you know, you have cash flow problems, right? 
you might say, well, the IRS can wait. We're going to pay. Exactly. We're going to pay our key vendor or our employees yeah. first because if we don't we pay better. them, our business is going to go on. Right. Right. Well, the problem is everyone has the best intentions, right? To, to pay the sure. IRS eventually. Well, if the business goes or worse, somebody has more sinister motives and just does this as a way yeah. to basically steal, you know, from the government, maybe to fund a gambling habit or to do something else. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, there are good intentions of, hey, we're just going to pay our key suppliers. We're going to pay, you know, the people who have to get paid right now. We'll deal with the IRS later. Well, often later never comes. The company ends up going belly up. And then the IRS comes calling saying, hey, we want those withholdings because, by the way, we're going to credit the employee with all those withholdings. So if, if we don't get paid, then we're the government is out of the money. And so what right. the trust fund recovery penalty allows them to do is impose personal liability on the owners of the business, maybe the bookkeeper who knows this is going on, right. the person who you know has check writing authority. Um, there are a whole host of factors in terms of whether or not you can be deemed a responsible person. So a responsible person could be the owner. It could be, like I said, the bookkeeper Yep. could be an accountant. Um, and once you're found to be sort of responsible for paying bills, paying the taxes, filing the quarterly tax returns or whatever, uh, you may be obligated to do, they look at willfulness and willfulness is, did you know that the payroll taxes weren't being paid? And did you choose to pay other people instead? Yeah. That's really kind of summarizes what the willfulness component mm-hmm. means. And so if these, if the government can satisfy both of those, you can be held personally liable. Can the boss not know about this going on? Well, that's a good question. Yes, it's possible. It's uh-huh. certainly possible. I actually handled one of the first cases I handled when I was at the Department of Justice was a trust fund recovery penalty case. And it involved, uh, there were three parties who got assessed the trust fund recovery penalty. Okay. So they can do a, they, I say they kind of take a shotgun approach because- yeah all the parties are jointly liable. Mm-hmm. So the IRS tries to get as many people on the hook as possible. Sure. So in this situation, we had the owner of the company, the part-time bookkeeper who worked 20 hours a week, but he was um, effectively their CFO. At least that's right. what we argued. And then you had the office manager who also had check signing authority, but you know, had a high school degree. Wasn't really that into, at least that was her argument was, well, I wasn't really aware of right. this was going on. And the wrinkle there was, um, the owner of the company, he was in prison for, I think, six or nine months during the time that the company wasn't paying the payroll really? taxes. And so he his argument could have been, he ended up admitting, uh, he, he consented to the liability. But in that case, you could argue if he wanted to say, well, I shouldn't have been liable because I was in prison and I didn't know that the bookkeeper wasn't withholding, accounting for, and paying over these payroll taxes. Um, but it is tough when you're the owner because you should know kind of what's going on at the business. Right. Um, but you might have a situation where somebody's embezzling, right? You could have a situation where, um, you've got an accountant or a CFO who you think is handling all this and you're, you're the big picture guy. You're not, you know, you're not the, you know, financial wizard is of the business. And so you're not aware that there are payroll tax issues. Now that would take a pretty good amount of sort of burying your head in the sand because Mm. you would think you would know if these payroll taxes weren't being paid, but if the money's going out for some other purpose, you might yep. think, Oh, it makes sense. Um, you'd also have to be able to prove that you didn't get any IRS notices or things like that. Cause if you're not making these payroll deposits, they're going to start sending you notices and the IRS has gotten more aggressive. And so I would just caution anyone out there who may be working in a business that's struggling, right. And maybe working on 
you know, involved in the payroll taxes or, or the payroll process, you know, just be very careful. I mean, if, if the business is not paying their payroll taxes, you gotta, you gotta be aware of the fact that yeah. if you're involved in that decision-making or, you know, you have authority to sort of make those payments, then you could be on the, the hook personally. But if I am just to use the term a worker and I, all, all I care about is getting my check. I don't care what these guys are doing on, on the outside like that. Am I going to be affected or I just stay neutral or what? Well, that's, that's exactly the point of the penalty against the people who are doing this is yeah. that the employee has no idea in most cases this is happening. So they right. shouldn't lose out on, you know, when they go to file their tax returns, they should be able to state the amount that they had withheld. Yeah. But at least they didn't get the money. Yeah. Right. In most cases. That's right. So, um, the government does credit them with those withholdings for their social security and their Medicare. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, those people, uh, would be safe. The other, the other thing to keep in mind here is the department of justice in the last few years has ramped up criminal enforcement of these cases and the elements for proving, um, whether somebody should be liable for the trust fund recovery penalty are virtually identical to the elements to proving of, of uh, tax evasion. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody who owns a business and you're, you know, making conscious decisions not to pay the payroll taxes, um, you potentially open yourself up to criminal liability, especially if the money's being used not only to fund, you know, not necessarily to fund the business, but maybe to fund an exorbitant lifestyle. Yeah. Because criminal cases tend to come about when someone is not paying the government, but also living high on the hog or, you know, sort of having the lavish lifestyle that, that would, um, play, play poorly to a jury, if you will. Right. So if you went to a jury and you said, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, we are prosecuting, you know, Mr. Smith for not paying his payroll taxes. He had an obligation to pay the payroll taxes. Instead, he took the money from his employees. That's how they would frame it. Mm. They took the, he took the money from the employees and rather than pay the government, rather than help, you know, fund the public fisc, as they like to say, he took the money and bought a, you know, $2 million house or a 60 foot boat and all those things. So it's not only a potential for personal civil liability, there's potential for criminal liability. And so, um, you know, one of the famous court cases, um, in one of these types of cases, the, the judge said the government cannot be made an unwilling business partner in a floundering business. And Uh, I think that's a pretty powerful statement. So you know, you can't right. use these payroll taxes to fund your business. You either yeah. need to go out and find other sources of capital, you know, whether it be a line of credit or a new, new investor. Um, the key is you should not look at those funds as anything but the governments and anything but the employees. Because when you start to look at it as a source of capital, you're running the risk of not yeah. only civil liability, but also criminal liability. Can I, if I own a business, let's just call it Smash Enterprises, all right? And I'm my only employee. Can I pay myself like that and then put that other stuff aside? Like, or you have to have more than one employee or something. Well, so as a self-employed person, you, assuming you're not set up as an S corp, if you're just, you know, mm-hmm. smash enterprises, but really it's effectively just you and you're not, yeah. um, you don't really have other employees. You pay those FICA taxes through the self-employment tax. So you not only pay ordinary income tax on your earnings, you're paying self-employment tax on your self-employment income. So in essence, you're paying it at the, you know, at the end of the year or through quarterly estimated payments, you're paying that FICA towards your social, because that helps fund social security. So as a self-employed person, if it's just you, you're still, that's the way that you're able to contribute to social security and Medicare is through self-employment tax. 
And what the IRS does is they give you a, well, really Congress gives you a deduction equal to half of your self-employment tax. So if you pay uh, 20000 in self-employment tax yeah. during the year, then you're getting a $10,000 deduction. So it's almost like, why should I start a company and be self-employed if I got to pay all this tax on being self-employed, man? Well, you're doing the FICA thing too. And it's like getting ripped off in a double whammy. Though. Well, but you're paying it as an employee. You know, you're paying into, essentially, you're paying into uh, Social Security and Medicare through Mom. your employee withholdings. Uh -huh. Now, the problem is what people don't realize, you know, they talk about job creators, right? It, you know, the Republicans will say, you know, we need more to support small business. They're, they're the engine. And they really are because they're creating jobs. And they're also, when you decide, when you make a decision to employ someone as your employee, yeah. you are not only committing to paying their salary. So let's say they make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You're also going to be paying their, the employer's share of social security and Medicare, mm -hmm. which, you know, is, I think it's 9% uh, approximately uh, uh, in addition to, uh, you know, what, what they're paying the employee as far as wages yeah. go. So, you know, that's, that's not an insignificant sum when you're talking right. about, and that's why people to avoid that, a lot of people will want to treat people as a 1099 because if you treat someone as a 1099, right then you're putting the burden of um, on, them. on them to pay self-employment tax yeah. and you're avoiding paying the employer's share of, uh -huh. of the FICA. So when you talk about, you know, you hear that a lot, well, should I be a 1099 or a W-2, whatever. Um, and you might see more people trying to be treated as 1099s these days because you do get certain things like this... Um, qualified business income deduction and other things that self-employed people get. Plus, as a 1099, you have more ability to deduct business expenses. Because mm -hmm. now, if you're an employee and you're a W-2 wage earner, the new tax law implemented a couple years ago did away with all of the unreimbursed employee business expenses. So previously, if you had a home office or you had let's say mileage or travel expenses or meals and entertainment that you incurred to sort of help you as an employee of a business. Yeah. Let's say you're a, you were a, you know, associate attorney at a law firm, right. but you wanted to try to generate your own business to, sure. to help your own self and also yeah. to help the firm. You know, you could, before the law changed, you could write off meals and entertainment expenses, but now it's subject to a certain limit. It had to be more than 2% of your, uh, your adjusted gross income. But now when you're a W-2 employee, you virtually have no ability to deduct anything business related. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're a 1099 and you can prove that you are truly an independent contractor, yeah. you have the ability to deduct the home office and yeah. meals. How about, and how about meals. meals? Yeah, meals, all those things. In totality or? 50, subject to the 50% limit well, in know, most they cases. They talk about the, the small businessman is the backbone of America. They just stepped on my back, man. Well, but but the idea there, the rationale, and this is what's interesting about the change when they eliminated entertainment. They took entertainment yeah. out of the equation. Yeah. So previously, the tax law allowed you to to deduct 50% of your meals and entertainment. And I think the idea was like, look, you know, there's going to be some sort of personal component to any time you're taking somebody out, yeah. having a meal, going to a ball game, whatever it may be. So we're not going to give you 100% because that's sort of, you know, over the top, but we're going to give you 50%. And I think what that did is it incentivized people to be more honest about what is truly meals and entertainment yeah. versus trying to lump something into, like, let's say, advertising or mark yeah. some right. some sort of a ambiguous category like marketing where you would take it at 100%, right? So know. now what they've done is by, by eliminating entertainment altogether, 
you know, people who buy luxury suites at a Cardinal game yeah. or, you know, it becomes more complicated. Well, how do you treat that? Because, you know, what if you have a true firm event and it's, you know, for marketing purposes and yeah. things like that? I mean, the IRS is probably going to say, well, no, you can't deduct any of it because they did away with entertainment. We'll allow you to deduct the cost of the catering for that event at 50% because they still allow at 50%. meals. 50%. So what Trump has been advocating for, and a lot of people have been advocating for, to try to help small businesses, help the restaurants, help the entertainment industry, right. is reinstate the entertainment deduction. Because if you do that, yeah. then you're going to have more of an incentive to go out and buy a suite or buy season tickets or go to a concert. You know, it, it makes sense. Exactly. It makes sense, um, you know, but who knows what that's going to look like in terms of are people going to go, you know. Yeah. I think the sports world's really going to be hurting regardless of what kind of tax, yep. tax incentives we, we give business owners because especially if, like, you take a year off from having season tickets. Like, look at the Cardinals. Yeah, If the Cardinals don't have fans in the seats this year, you know, you're going to lose a whole year of season ticket holders, right? Yep. And maybe they say to themselves, eh, you know, we, we didn't have season tickets last year. Really didn't cost us any business. Really didn't lose out on any, you know, prospective clients by not being able to take them to Cardinal games. We're going to cut our season tickets. Like, I think that's the real risk of all the that's shutdown and, and not having yeah. fans in the seats is that's a huge, especially for baseball. Baseball relies so heavily on yeah. ticket sales and, you know, souvenirs, merchandise, yeah. food, sales. food sales. And so if you lose that, you're going to be in real trouble. So. Yeah. I hope you guys found this, uh, you know, not too boring on the payroll tax side. It's an important topic, especially right now with a lot of businesses struggling. Yeah. You got to be aware, you know, don't, don't take that money and use it for anything else. Treat it like it is. Put it in a trust fund. That's what it's, that's why it's there because you really are holding that money in trust. So mm -hmm. we hope you enjoyed today's show. This is the Mark Milton show with the smash. You can find Howdy. us at 590thefan.com, themarkmiltonshow.com anywhere you podcast. And if you have tax questions you want us to talk about on air, we'll do it confidentially, uh, anonymously, and you can email them to mark.milton at stltaxlawyer.com. This is the Mark Milton Show with the smash presented by stltaxlawyer.com. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios in Kirkwood. Thank you and be well.